Chapter One of France and England in North America, Part Three. La Salle, Discovery of the Great West. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Phil Schimpf. La Salle, Discovery of the Great West by Francis Parkman Jr. Chapter One, sixteen forty-three to sixteen sixty-nine. Cavalier de la Salle, the youth of La Salle, his connection with the Jesuits, he goes to Canada, his character, his schemes, his seigneury at Lachine, his expedition in search of the western passage to India. Among the burghers of Rouen was the old rich family of the Cavaliers. Though citizens and not nobles, some of their connections held high diplomatic posts and honorable employments at court they were destined to find a better claim to distinction in sixteen forty three was born at rouen robert cavalier better known by the designation of la salle his father jean and his uncle henri were wealthy merchants living more like nobles than like burghers and the boy received an education answering to the marked traits of intellect and character which he soon began to display he showed an inclination for the exact sciences and especially for the mathematics in which he made great proficiency at an early age it is said he became connected with the jesuits and though doubt has been expressed of the statement it is probably true la salle was always an earnest catholic and yet judging by the qualities which his after-life evinced he was not very liable to religious enthusiasm it is nevertheless clear that the society of jesus may have had a powerful attraction for his youthful imagination this great organization so complicated yet so harmonious a mighty machine moved from the centre by a single hand was an image of regulated power full of fascination for a mind like his but if it was likely that he would be drawn into it it was no less likely that he would soon wish to escape to find himself not at the centre of power but at the circumference not the mover but the moved the passive instrument of another's will taught to walk in prescribed paths to renounce his individuality and become a component atom of a vast whole would have been intolerable to him nature had shaped him for other uses than to teach a class of boys on the benches of a jesuit school nor on his part was he likely to please his directors for self-controlled and self-contained as he was he was far too intractable a subject to serve their turn a youth whose calm exterior hid an inexhaustible fund of pride whose inflexible purposes nursed in secret the confessional and the manifestation of conscience could hardly drag to the light whose strong personality would not yield to the shaping hand and who by a necessity of his nature could obey no initiative but his own was not after the model that loyola had commended to his followers la salle left the jesuits parting with them it is said on good terms and with a reputation of excellent acquirements and unimpeachable morals this last is very credible the cravings of a deep ambition the hunger of an insatiable intellect the intense longing for action and achievement subdued in him all other passions and in his faults the love of pleasure had no part he had an elder brother in canada the abbe jean cavier a priest of saint sulpice 
apparently it was this that shaped his destinies his connection with the jesuits had deprived him under the french law of the inheritance of his father who had died not long before an allowance was made to him of three or as elsewhere stated four hundred livres a year the capital of which was paid over to him and with this pittance he sailed for canada to seek his fortune in the spring of sixteen sixty six we next find him at montreal in another volume we have seen how an association of enthusiastic devotees had made a settlement at this place having in some measure accomplished its work it was now dissolved and the corporation of priests styled the seminary of st sulpice which had taken a prominent part in the enterprise and indeed had been created with a view to it was now the proprietor and the feudal lord of montreal it was destined to retain its seigneurial rights until the abolition of the feudal tenures of canada in our own day and it still holds vast possessions in the city and island these worthy ecclesiastics models of a discreet and sober conservatism were holding a post with which a band of veteran soldiers or warlike frontiersmen would have been better matched montreal was perhaps the most dangerous place in canada in time of war which might have been called the normal condition of the colony it was exposed by its position to incessant inroads of the iroquois or five nations of new york and no man could venture into the forests or the fields without bearing his life in his hand the savage confederates had just received a sharp chastisement at the hands of Corcel, the governor and the result was a treaty of peace which might at any moment be broken but which was an inexpressible relief while it lasted the priests of st sulpice were granting out their lands on very easy terms to settlers they wished to extend a thin line of settlements along the front of their island to form a sort of outpost from which an alarm could be given on any descent of the iroquois la salle was the man for such a purpose had the priests understood him which they evidently did not for some of them suspected him of levity the last foible with which he could be charged had they understood him they would have seen in him a young man in whom the fire of youth glowed not the less ardently for the veil of reserve that covered it who would shrink from no danger but would not court it in bravado and who would cling with an invincible tenacity of gripe to any purpose which he might espouse there is good reason to think that he had come to canada with purposes already conceived and that he was ready to avail himself of any stepping-stone which might help to realize them quilas superior of the seminary made him a generous offer and he accepted it this was the gratuitous grant of a large tract of land at the place now called lachine above the great rapids of the same name and eight or nine miles from montreal on one hand the place was greatly exposed to attack and on the other it was favorably situated for the fur trade la salle and his successors became its feudal proprietors and on the sole condition of delivering to the seminary on every change of ownership a medal of fine silver weighing one mark he entered on the improvement of his new domain with what means he could command and began to grant out his land to such settlers as would join him approaching the shore where the city of montreal now stands one would have seen a row of small compact dwellings extending along a narrow street parallel to the river and then as now called st paul street on a hill at the right stood the windmill of the seigneurs built of stone and pierced with loopholes to serve in time of need as a place of defence 
on the left in an angle formed by the junction of a rivulet with the st lawrence was a square bastioned fort of stone here lived the military governor appointed by the seminary and commanding a few soldiers of the regiment of carignan in front on the line of the street were the enclosures and buildings of the seminary and nearly adjoining them those of hotel dieu or hospital both provided for defence in case of an indian attack in the hospital enclosure was a small church opening on the street and in the absence of any other serving for the whole settlement landing passing the fort and walking southward along the shore one would soon have left the rough clearings and entered the primeval florist here mile after mile he would have journeyed on in solitude when the hoarse roar of the rapids foaming in fury on his left would have reached his listening ear and at length after a walk of some three hours he would have found the rude beginnings of a settlement it was where the st lawrence widens into the broad expanse called the lake of st louis here la salle had traced out the circuit of a palisaded village and assigned to each settler half an arpent or about a third of an acre within the enclosure for which he was to render to the young seigneur a yearly acknowledgment of three capons besides six deniers that is half a sou in money to each was assigned moreover sixty arpents of land beyond the limits of the village with a perpetual rent of half a sou for each arpent he also set apart a common two hundred arpents in extent for the use of the settlers on condition of the payment by each of five sous a year he reserved four hundred and twenty arpents for his own personal domain and on this he began to clear the ground and erect buildings similar to this were the beginnings of all the canadian seigneuries formed at this troubled period that la salle came to canada with objects distinctly in view is probable from the fact that he at once began to study the indian languages and with such success that he is said within two or three years to have mastered the iroquois and seven or eight other languages and dialects from the shore of his seigneury he could gaze westward over the broad breast of the lake of st louis bounded by the dim forests of chateauguay and beauharnois but his thoughts flew far beyond across the wild and lonely world that stretched towards the sunset like champlain and all the early explorers he dreamed of a passage to the south sea and a new road for commerce to the riches of china and japan indians often came to his secluded settlement and on one occasion he was visited by a band of the seneca iroquois not long before the scourge of the colony but now in virtue of the treaty wearing the semblance of friendship the visitors spent the winter with him and told him of a river called the ohio rising in their country and flowing into the sea but at such a distance that its mouth could only be reached after a journey of eight or nine months evidently the ohio and the mississippi are here merged into one in accordance with geographical views then prevalent he conceived that this great river must needs flow into the vermilion sea that is the gulf of california if so it would give him what he sought a western passage to china while in any case the populous indian tribes said to inhabit its banks might be made a source of great commercial profit la salle's imagination took fire his resolution was soon formed and he descended the st lawrence to quebec to gain the countenance of the governor for his intended exploration few men were more skilled than he in the art of clear and plausible statement both the governor courcelle and the attendant talon were readily won over to his plan 
for which however they seem to have given him no more substantial aid than that of the governor's letters patent authorizing the enterprise the cost was to be his own and he had no money having spent it all on his seigneury he therefore proposed that the seminary which had given it to him should buy it back again with such improvements as he had made quilus the superior being favourably disposed towards him consented and bought of him the greater part while la salle sold the remainder including the clearings to one jean miot an ironmonger for twenty-eight hundred livres with this he bought four canoes with the necessary supplies and hired fourteen men meanwhile the seminary itself was preparing a similar enterprise the jesuits at this time not only held an ascendancy over the other ecclesiastics in canada but exercised an inordinate influence on the civil government the seminary priests of montreal were jealous of these powerful rivals and eager to emulate their zeal in the saving of souls and the conquering of new domains for the faith under this impulse they had three years before established a mission at Kiant on the north shore of lake ontario in charge of two of their number one of whom was abbe Fénélon, elder brother of the celebrated archbishop of cambrai another of them dulier de casson had spent the winter in a hunting camp of the nipissings where an indian prisoner captured in the northwest told him of populous tribes of that quarter living in heathenish darkness on this the seminary priests resolved to essay their conversion and an expedition to be directed by dulier was fitted out to this end he was not ill-suited to the purpose he had been a soldier in his youth and had fought valiantly as an officer of cavalry under touraine he was a man of great courage of a tall commanding person and of uncommon bodily strength which he had notably proved in the campaign of courcelles against the iroquois three years before on going to quebec to procure the necessary outfit he was urged by courcelles to modify his plans so far as to act in concert with la salle in exploring the mystery of the great unknown river of the west dulli and his brother priests consented one of them gallinet was joined with him as a colleague because he was skilled in surveying and could make a map of the route three canoes were procured and seven hired men completed the party it was determined that la salle's expedition and that of the seminary should be combined in one an arrangement ill suited to the character of the young explorer who was unfit for any enterprise of which he was not the undisputed chief midsummer was near and there was no time to lose yet the moment was most unpropitious for a seneca chief had lately been murdered by three scoundrel soldiers of the fort of montreal and while they were undergoing their trial it became known that three other frenchmen had treacherously put to death several iroquois of the oneida tribe in order to get possession of their furs the whole colony trembled in expectation of a new outbreak of the war happily the event proved otherwise the authors of the last murder escaped but the three soldiers were shot at montreal in presence of a considerable number of the iroquois who declared themselves satisfied with the atonement and on this same day the sixth of july the adventurers began their voyage End of chapter one